Hello everybody and welcome to the Going Upcast, your weekly feel-good podcast with stories from my first ever camping trip. I went whitewater rafting, visited a local amusement park, we talk a little bit about Spider-Man, talk about Loot Crate, and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. I did the inflection at the end of there a little bit different than I normally do, huh? This weekend was fucking jam-packed full of fun stuff that I did. I went whitewater rafting on the Skagit River. I went to Wild Waves. We talk about the fall of Loot Crate. We talk about the Sony Disney deal. Oh boy, there's a bunch of stuff in this episode of the Going Upcast. And if you enjoy the Going Upcast and want to support the Going Upcast, there's lots of fun ways you can do that. You go to patreon.com forward slash going upcast where you can become a $5 patron, which gives you access to the monthly live streams. Or you can go to goingupcast.com forward slash store where you can purchase a personalized audiobook reading. And that uh, page has been simplified. I did not realize that what I had done behind the scenes uh, had screwed up what it looked like on screen, but it's all much clearer now. Hopefully that will allow for easier transactions. Or you can pick up a mystery book for the lower price of $9.99, which could be literally anything. But let us move on to the first thing in the podcast. Normally I like to do um, happy topics on this podcast, and while this isn't necessarily a sad topic, because it's still kind of in flux, um, I wouldn't also characterize it as, it's like news, you know? Um, Well, as newsy as this show ever gets. Uh, Currently, Sony and Marvel are in some negotiation disputes regarding the future of the partnership regarding Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are several articles claiming that it's a it's a done deal, you know? It's um it's not happening, that kind of stuff. Uh, according to some people uh, from Sony, uh, they reported that it is still ongoing. So who knows? Perhaps by the time uh, this podcast comes out, it's all been for nothing. But I wanted to talk a little bit about like what the the dispute appears to be over, and how this could potentially impact. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, something we all hold very, very dear and close to our hearts. So, the deal is over uh, money, basically. Uh, Currently, Disney appears to be making about 5% on the first grossing dollar um, for every Spider-Man movie. And 95% of that goes back to Sony. Sony currently holds the rights to Spider-Man while Disney owns the merchandising rights to Spider-Man. That's a big distinction. If George Lucas taught us fucking anything, is that the real money's in the merchandising. And every major sports star will tell you the same thing. That's where the real fucking money is. You, what, you think Michael Jordan made shoes because he wanted to? Fuck no! He made those because he wanted money! So that's what the thing is about. Kevin Feige is the, is the creative producer over every Marvel movie in the cinematic universe, including Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. This dude knows how to make a fucking movie. He, he has over 20 films under his belt, and they're all awesome. Well, almost all of them. Like, even if they weren't good movies, they still made a lot of money. The whole, like, fucking MCU made $26.8 billion, something ludicrous. Like, like it's a fuck ton of money. This dude, this dude knows what he's talking about. And according to the article I read, the the deal that Sony rejected was an even 50-50 split on the movie profits moving forward with new Spider-Man films. Because we know there's a third one. Apparently there's a fourth one. 
that's been creatively worked out as well. And countless um, Spider-Man universe spinoffs, including a Morbius film with Jared Leto, a Kraven the Hunter film, the Sinister Six. Like, they have options. They're also making a Venom sequel uh, directed by Andy Serkis, of all people. Andy Serkis is going to... All right, well, I don't know. It could be good. Fuck, I don't know. Um, but Sony does not lack for ideas involving Spider-Man. And to be fair, Sony has also proven that it can make its own Spider-Man movie and have it be awesome. I'm looking at Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Marvel had very little to do with that, as far as I'm aware. That's 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 pretty much just a Sony movie right there. So, while it will be incredibly sad if um, Spidey is no longer in the MCU um, as we know it, I believe that uh, there's a better than decent chance that Tom Holland would still be around to play the titular Spider-Man. Um, it will definitely involve less other aspects of the MCU in these Spider-Man films. Like, if, they, if they're going to go solo and split off from Disney to make their own Spider-Man movies, then Tom Holland's Spider-Man will, like, there won't be, like, probably Nick Fury and stuff like that involved in the film. Like, that's one part of the uh, the creative journey that Sony probably will go without um, if they do decide to split ties with Marvel. On one hand, I can see it from Sony's point of view. Far From Home is the highest grossing Sony movie ever made at almost a billion dollars, I believe. It was like $880 million is what that movie grossed. Highest grossing movie Sony ever produced, um, defeating the previous record holder of Skyfall. Which is like the fucking best James Bond movie. So, yeah. If they lost half of that revenue to Disney, who I, you know, could argue just has like a guy, Kevin Feige, like assisting and like access to the rest of the MCU. So, you know, perhaps they thought that was too high a price to pay, too high a price to pay uh, for his continued creative services. It will really remain to be seen how this all shakes down. Disney has a knack forgetting what it wants in the end um that's what happens when you're the big dog on campus or the big mouse on campus as it were and the ultimate monolith of a creative industry that sony could take spidey and run they could they have enough movie ideas in the can to get them going um but it's you know you kind of have to smell where the wind is blowing and you got to feel where the waves are sweeping and Disney is on a fucking roll. It is shattering records. Shattering records. It already has five movies to come out in a single year that broke a billion dollars in the box office. Five. That's never been done before by any studio, including Disney. And Disney has at least two more movies in the bank coming out later this year that all have a really decent chance of shattering that number as well. And that's Frozen 2 and Star Wars Episode 9. If those movies don't break a billion dollars in the box office, I will be stunned. Absolutely fucking stunned. Disney is raking it in. And with the recent opening of fucking Galaxy's Edge in the amusement parks, they're going to have incredible people, incredible like sales figures in the parks as well. And Disney Plus comes out in November. Like, Disney is on a roll. And if Sony wants to take its ball and go elsewhere and do all that shit internally, that's their choice. They have that right. It's their shit. But 
one way or another, Spidey's Spidey's gonna end up in Disney's hands. You know it's true. Then the second Sony loses that right, Sony is in some trouble. Because, as Sega will tell you, if you don't have a flagship, you're nothing. And Sega's been crapping out Sonic games every which way. But tell you what, they keep making them. They keep making Sonic games. And a Sonic movie. So, what do I know? Can't be, they can't be stopped. Can't be stopped. I just thought it was interesting. What do you guys think? Do you think Sony should go off and do its own thing with a proven track record of getting at least one good Spider-Man movie under its belt, looking at Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Not talking about that Sam Raimi shit. Or, do you think they should move forward with Disney, continued Spidey's involvement in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and while they might not make as much money as they would have done on solo projects, there's a bit of a guarantee, you know? With Disney's help, the movie's probably going to be pretty good, which means it's probably going to make a lot of money. So, do you take half of a lot of money that's almost guaranteed, or do you try to strike out on your solo and get all of maybe some money? You know what I mean? Like, if you're, if Sony's movie sucks, sure, they're going to get all of that much money, but will it be as much as they would have gotten if they stayed with Disney? And the only way we're going to know that is if Sony makes its own live-action Spider-Man movie without Disney. And then we'll look at what Far From Home made and what this new Spider-Man movie made and see if it works out. That's the only way we're going to know. So, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Personally, I think Sony should stay with fucking Disney. Because you've got you've got access to the rest of the MCU. You've got Disney's resources, which are basically limitless. And you got to keep, like, keep on trucking in the, like, largest movie experiment of all time. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like... Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? I don't know. As a filmmaker, I think that'd be pretty exciting. To be able to leave your mark, your indelible mark on something that's going to live forever, especially past you. So, that's what I would do if it was me. But then again, I'm a, I'm a big fucking Disney fan. So, perhaps my opinion is a little biased. But let me know what y'all think at goingcast.gmail.com. Just email me. What do you think? Should Sony stay or should Sony go? Naturally, it's going to do what it does outside of our opinions. But I'm curious to see what the people say. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. This week for Songs of the Week, we've got two pretty classic folk songs. I mean, these songs are songs that defined a generation. And the first song we're going to talk about is the one that comes with the cover, and it's Take It Easy, written by Jackson Brown and Glenn Frey and recorded by the Eagles in 1972. It is a classic song. It's all about fucking just taking it easy. I know, I'm really insightful with my song dissections of a song. But I'd be willing to bet that pretty much everyone out there has heard the song. Got a lot of radio play. It's three minutes and 33 seconds long. Pretty much perfect for uh, for the radio. Anyway, let's listen to Take It Easy, performed best by the Eagles, but now covered by me. Well, I'm standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed board Slowing down to take a look at me Come on, baby Lord, say baby I gotta know if your sweet love is gonna save me We may lose and we may win Though we will never be here again So open up, I'm climbing in 
And the next song I want to talk about comes to us from a Dean Summerwind, which is the, I guess, like alter ego of an actual country artist named Dustin Christensen. And this song is called Parked Out by the Lake. And it is, uh, according to the, the biography of the video, it's what happens when you kind of riff an entire song off of a single lyric. And I found it to be very funny. And I, I enjoy the uh, the feel of it because it sounds like, you know, it sounds very polished and put together like most um, popular country music of today and uh, made me laugh. So that's why it's on the list. If you have a song you would like to suggest for the Song of the Week playlist, hit me up at goingcast at gmail.com using the contact page at goingcast.com or contacting us on facebook.com forward slash goingupcast. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Good morning, everybody. I hope you can hear me. It is currently 3.40 in the morning after I went camping. So I thought what I would do is just kind of go over the, the whole day so far as it, uh, as it stands because it's, uh, it was quite a day. So I woke up at like fucking 6 a.m., uh, to, you know, pack all my, my camping stuff and, um, basically hit the road. I had to get to Arlington, which is, uh, about 45 to an hour north of me, roughly. And, um, oh God, let's see. Uh, having now done the camping, things I probably should have brought include, um, well, there's a lot of things I probably should have brought. Um, in, in, a, in addition to what I had, um, probably like the biggest one would be an extra pair of shoes. Um, but I didn't even think about that as a possibility of something I would need extras of. So that one, uh, definitely slipped to the, slipped to the old, uh, the old brain fruits. Um, gosh, let's see. So yeah, went out early, got to, uh, got to Arlington on time met up with the, uh, the rest of the crew. It's for a, it's for a bachelor party. And, um, it was very exciting. I was very like hype to, uh, to be a part of the, the crew. And the game plan, uh, was to head to a town called Marble Mount in the, uh, Northern Cascade, uh, forest slash national park. I did not know it was a national park. Um, that was, that was new to me. So that was very exciting to be in a national park I didn't even know existed. Um, so I can check that one off the old bucket list. And we went whitewater rafting. So we group up in Arlington to like carpool and whatnot. Um, and then we drive over to the um, actual like meetup area for uh, the company. It was called Alpine Adventures. And... Um, we, we ended up actually driving to uh, what we thought was the like the final drop point rather than the uh, the start zone um, because uh, people didn't uh, figure that they had a shuttle to bring us back to where we started uh, which they did they did have that and I um, I did not show up to whitewater rafting very well prepared for the adventure um, I wore um, these fancy, like kind of, kind of skinny jean things. Um, and 
I mean, I wore my waterproof shoes, which I trusted to do the job. And that was like, that was it. That's all I basically had. Um, I own like a swimsuit and a whole bunch of like smart fucking water-based attire. Fucking left all that dumb shit at home. Who needs that, right? And I get up to the truck because they have like wetsuits and wet boots and, you know, splash jackets and helmets and all sorts of shit. Like whatever you need it, they got it. And um, the dude in the truck is like, are you wearing jeans? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you have anything else you could wear? And I was like, I think I might have some shorts. I like, I fucking knew I didn't have any shorts. Um, and he was like, you're definitely going to want to change because uh, those jeans are going to soak up that water or something fierce. And, um, oh boy, did they, um, they are still wet in the back of my car. It has created a very unfortunate smelling situation within this vehicle, but it is not the only culprit. I pulled off to the side, um, right as I got going to like rearrange some stuff in my car and proceeded to step in what I can only presume is bear shit. And, um, that is also adding a nice funk to the car. I have since removed that shoe and stuck it in the back and I mean, I'm going to have to get like a fucking hose or something to clean it off. And God knows I'm not going to have access to that for a couple of hours. So I'm going to dump all my smelly ass shit off at home and fucking Febreze the crap out of my car and clean my shoes and scrub anything else that bear shit might have gone. All anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So we show up at Alpine. I get kitted out in a splash jacket and a, uh, they call it a PFD personal flotation device or a life jacket. I abhor life jackets, not as a life-saving device. That's totally fine. Um, I just don't like the way it restricts my movement, um, around in or on the water. Um, I, I understand fully that if I get knocked unconscious, I'm going to need this son of a bitch to keep me afloat. I get it, but I still hate life jackets. Um, and I trust my own ability as a swimmer to fucking save my own ass, but whatever, you know, I'm just ranting, get all this stuff on, still wearing my jeans, um, thank God the fucking guide recommended I left my fucking phone in the car, I never would have had time to whip that thing out of my pocket, um, and I, I did end up going in the river, um, not because I, like, got flung out of the boat, we had a bit of a, like, still water, and, like, it's a group of, like, nine of us, seven of us went in the water, um, some of us by choice, Others got pushed. I got pulled into the water by somebody who was already in the water, um, which was uh, conniving. Anyway, um, the actual journey was pretty relaxed, I would say. Um, I think the ratio between like exciting, heart-pounding rapids to just kind of still water we were swiftly moving down was about 70-30. Um, I, I kind of wish, almost inversely to my um, desires for more skydiving. Oh God. That the split between rapids and calm water was a more 50, 50 kind of a kind of situation, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. And it was still very fun. We ended up going down the Skagit river. The water was pristine and clean and clear. And it was fucking crazy. 10 foot like depth in the river. You could still see all the rocks on the bottom. It was, it was very cool. Not so much in the way of wildlife. Um, at least none that I saw really. Um, there was a, there were a couple of birds, mostly turkey vultures. Um, 
I'm hazarding a guess that since we were not the first rafting crew to go down that day and we were not the last rafting crew to go down that day, that most of the, like the air quotes, interesting animals um, were not around uh, the river during those times because like, you know, noise and shit. Um, the rafting part was fun. Um, I kind of wish we were not at the back of the pack. Um, we had to be at the back of the pack because our, our guide was the air quotes only swift water tech safety technician in the crew. So if anybody actually goes in the water and gets separated from the boat, we're kind of like that dude's last chance to get rescued, so to speak. Um, cause we're at the back and hopefully we can grab them and catch them. Um, but we, uh, definitely we're like slower than we could have been had we been like at the front of the pet you know what I mean like it definitely it definitely did kind of meander um for 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 bits and pieces but we all had a lovely good chat and it was it was very cool um the the actual like feeling of the rapids isn't that bad um I'm trying to think like if you've ever been on like a small boat and you hit a wake and the whole thing just kind of rocks and you kind of bump up in your seat. It's kind of like that. Um, just kind of forever. Um, I can see why water rafting being like a little terrifying because there's like absolutely no straps or seatbelt or anything fucking holding you into the boat. You're just kind of sitting on the lip of the boat with your feet inside the boat paddling that son of a bitch downstream. So, you know, there's that. Now, my jeans got absolutely soaked. But how did the waterproof shoes hold up? Well, waterproofing works both ways. The second water got inside the shoe, it fucking remained in the shoe. It would not come out of that shoe because what I thought was just like a like a puddle of like loose water in my shoe turned out to be a fully saturated pair of boots um, that were like soaked that shit up like a fucking sponge and created a, uh, a almost trench foot-esque scenario that was most unpleasant, but I persevered. Um, had I had a fucking brain in my head, I probably would have gone for the wetsuit and the, the boots they were offering and completely left all of my shit back in the car. Um, I think that would have been, that would have been fine. Do you have your high beams on, you fucking son of a bitch? It's 3.50 in the morning. Turn those bastards off. Um, sorry, just ranting at people in the car. So yeah, um, definitely want to dress to impress when you go to whitewater rafting because I was very woefully underprepared. Definitely got wet. There were some rapids there. There's this one moment uh, where the, uh, the 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 man of honor, so to speak, uh, was doing something called riding the bull, in which he was chilling on the uh, the front of the boat with like his feet dangling in the water, and we went through some fucking wicked rapids. And there was this one wave that all you saw was just the white of the water and it just came crashing in and completely drenched like me and the first five people, including the, the man of the hour, um, just slammed with water, fucking shot straight down my ears. It, it was intense. And the water was very cold, um, but weirdly refreshing. And like when I went in, you couldn't help but taste it. Fucking shit was so clean. Oh my God. It was like the freshest spring water. It was crazy. Um, it's probably loaded with all sorts of dumb crap, but fucking damn. Damn, that's some nice water. And so that's that was the whitewater rafting bit. And um, 
I would recommend it. I think I think it is a lot of fun. Um, I think it is a an experience that is best done with a lot of friends. I also think that you should do your research on um, what river you are going down and what to expect because if you're a thrill seeker, I'm not sure this river really would have done much to um to make you just go wow. Um, there were definitely some rapids that were very cool, but like I mentioned, they were few and far between, uh, mostly kind of relaxing chill points, um, by and large. And, um, yeah, that was that experience. And then what we ended up doing was, um, leaving the, the, the whitewater rafting bit and getting some food. We went to a restaurant called Mondo, or at least everybody else went to a, a restaurant called Mondo. I took a wrong turn and went on a little bit of an excursion on my own. Um, oh, it's raining? Fuck, I didn't even notice. Um, so fucking dark in here. I'm like now just driving under some fucking street lights to be able to determine that it's actively raining. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so instead of going left to the town of Marble Mount and the uh, the restaurant in question, I, had, I ended up going right instead. I would have followed like the rest of the convoy, but I... Um, foolishly forgot my pants and underwear on the top of my car and I didn't notice it until I accelerated and those little bastards just fucking whip right off the back of the car and I was like what the fuck was that in my rear view mirror and I you know kept driving until I saw them on the ground and I was like oh that fuck shit all right so I just reversed up and picked up my stuff but in that like minute minute and a half disruption like that my buddies were gone and I was just like fuck all right to like one road in this place. I got a 50-50 shot of getting this correct. They mentioned a gas station. So I'll just, you know, I'll go this way and keep driving until I find a gas station. And then um, and then I'll find them. That was the idea. I took a right instead of a left. I went right. I went into the town of New Halem, which has a very weird feel to it. Um, apparently the town is predominantly occupied by people who actively work on the hydroelectric dam up in this area. And it is a town with a population of, I think a couple hundred people. And that's it. It's got like a general store. It's got a lot of trails. I saw this fucking huge bridge that said like road or like trails of the cedars or something like that. I had like a big fucking sign. It was a big thing. And um, no gas station in that town, but what they did have were like 15 different electric vehicle charging points, which I thought was very peculiar to have those and no gas. Um, but then again, I guess they are just like 30 minutes from the closest gas station. Um, but they're way up there in the mountains, very isolated, very secluded. Um, I can only imagine what that place is like during the winter time, just fucking slammed with snow, unable to access like the next town over, you know, it's like roughing it for, for, for fucking reals. And so I go up there, and um, one of the goals I had on this trip was to see Diablo Lake. Um, I would have done it this morning, but since I left so early, and I'll explain why I left so early here in a second, um, by the time I got to Diablo Lake, I still would have had about two to three hours before the fucking sun came up, and um, unfortunately, I just don't have the time to do that. I did see Gorge Lake, though, which is um, also fucking beautiful and enormous and I got some great pictures of that if I uh, if I remember I will upload those on the uh, the old blog 
Um, but you can also check out some pictures on my Instagram at GrowingUpCast. So, nice little shameless plug. I'm confident pictures will have ended up there because holy shit is it gorgeous. Anyway, I took a little took a little journey up in that neck of the woods. And it was awesome. Um, but, you know, no gas station. My buddies are nowhere to be seen. I have taken a wrong turn. But, I also did not have any cell service in that part of the mountains. So the game plan was... Because no cell service, my friends are gone, I have absolutely no idea where they are. I will backtrack to Marble Mount, because I had cell service there, and I will attempt to reach out to them. If they continued past the town of New Halem to the town of Diablo, they will not have cell service. And if I go back to where there is cell service and try to contact them, then I progress deeper into the mountains. You know, like that was my systematic way of trying to figure out where the fuck my friends are. So I backtrack to uh, Marble Mount and the second I get into cell range, my phone just explodes with text messages that's saying they're at the restaurant Mondo, which is in Marble Mount. So I was just like, oh, thank God. So I go to the restaurant uh, called uh, Mondo and the food was pretty all right. I had um, a smoked split chicken. So it was like half a chicken. Um, And I know it was smoked, but most of the, uh, most of the dark pink was, or dark meat was pink, but it wasn't like the right kind of pink, if you know what I mean. It didn't, it did not look fully cooked and I wasn't really willing to take the risk. So I ate most of the front of the chicken. Um, the chicken itself and the black beans were both drenched in the same barbecue sauce, which was, uh, passable. Um, definitely not something they make in-house. It's something that straight up comes from a bottle. It tasted very sweet and, um, it was, it was all right. I will say though, that fucking corn muffin was amazing. It was super buttery. It was super fluffy. Fucking great. That was a great A corn muffin. I love that. I also got a Guinness and a, uh, a high cup of tea because I was fucking freezing from the, uh, from the whitewater rafting, like every bit of clothing I had on that, on that boat trip was just soaked through. And I was, I was fortunate enough. I loved this. So my shoes were completely soaked through. I'm squishing and squashing all over the goddamn place. And I'm fucking miserable. I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to, to like do the rest of this trip. My fucking shoes are just a goddamn mess. And so I get back to my car, you know, ready to change. Cause naturally I brought like extra pair of pants and a bunch of underwear and shirts and socks and all that shit. You know, I got, I got extra clothes for days and, um, I get back to my car and I open up the trunk to start unloading some of my wet clothes. And I spy with my little eye, my fucking rock climbing shoes. And I went, Oh, thank God I have extra shoes. And so I put those fucking sons of bitches on my feet dry as a bone. Oh my God. It was heavenly. I was so happy. I had extra shoes. Who the fuck thinks to bring extra shoes places? I've ne- like never has that thought crossed my mind. It's going to now. I'm going to have a fucking like pair of hiking boots forever live in the back of my car just in case. Um, but I need to, I need to buy some new hiking boots. Um, but yeah, put on the, the rocking rock climbing shoes. Wore those bastards for quite some time but not the whole trip. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. So we eat at Mondo, the food's okay. Corn muffin blew my mind. 
Now it's time to get to the campground. Most of the campgrounds in the area have been fully booked out months in advance, but my uh, my buddy Michael did manage us to find a spot. And it was uh, relatively close to Marble Mount. It was just across the bridge, a little bit down the way. And uh, boom, bam, there's your uncle, fucking campground. And uh, we, like uh, Michael and I went and got some uh, extra firewood just in case. We ended up having an excess of firewood. I think there's like three or four bundles that still exist. Um, I have no idea what their game plan is for that. They're probably going to leave it. That's what I would do. I'll leave it for the next fucking group of campers. Oh, look at that firewood. Oh, that's great. Um, and we pull into the, the campground. The actual like lot we had for camping was quite large, I would say. Um, more than enough for our group of nine. Uh, we ended up having one, two, three, four, five, six tents, um, for nine people. But I think like five of us ended up sleeping in like this monstrous nine person tent. Um, so I think there may have been tents that were set up that went unused. Um, which I, I find fairly amusing. Oh shit. I can see, I can see differentiation between the, uh, the sky and the trees now. I think, um, I think the old sun might be starting to make an appearance. I've never been up and actively driving this early unless I was on my way to the fucking airport. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. So we all, you know, we, we show up. I park a little bit of ways from the, uh, from everybody else because I knew I was going to leave at some ludicrous hour in the morning and I did not want to have to wake people up to move their car so I could get the hell out, you know what I mean? So... Um, fortunately, my plan of parking a little bit of ways did work out pretty goddamn well. Um, I didn't have to disturb anybody else, hopefully. Um, they may have woken up with my in-the-dark bumblings around trying to tear down the tent. Um, those sorts of things. But we, we show up, set up the fire, um, play some games, had a few drinks, you know, just tons of fun. And we're, we're right next to... Not the river we white water rafted down, but we were next to a river. That was very cool. Once again, you can check out pictures on the blog and um, at GoingCast on Instagram. And um, also on the Facebook page, at GoingCast uh, on Facebook. Just uh, do a quick little search for that. And the original plan for me was to just, like, sleep in somebody else's tent. That way I could just, like, grab my sleeping bag and mat and just bail. Um, but God damn it, I bought a tent. And I want the I want the full experience. I want I wanted everything. Um, so I pitched my tent, um, which took up took some doing. You know, got to make the poles and stick them in the holes and clip the poles to the thing and erect that shit. Um, and it, you know, the tent was large. Um, I believe it might be advertised as a two-person tent, but I feel like depending on the size of the person, you probably fit three or four people in there. Um, fairly easily, and it was, uh, it was a nice, it was a nice tent, kept me, kept me out of the elements, kept me dry, um, maybe not necessarily warm, because the thing's basically just a shell, you know, not a whole lot of insulating material in that tent, but I guess that's fine, um, you want it to be light so you can pack in and out of the damn forest with it, um, and then I had my mat, which, uh, did virtually nothing, and then the man also had a pillow attached to it, which again did virtually nothing. And then I had the sleeping bag, which um was pretty good. 
I will I will say the sleeping bag basically basically did its job. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So we're we're doing all the stuff and having some drinks and doing some laughs and I think we get to ten o'clock um, before I kind of think about it and I, I'm mathing into my head being like I have to leave early because I have a I have an engagement uh, further south of here, way further south of here. I'm going to um, Wild Waves. Just, you know, make a fucking cool water-based weekend. And um, I had to... So it's... The campground from my house is about two and a half hours. My house to Wild Waves is about two hours, I think. Um, I think it's less than that. But it's it's like a three to four hour trip all together. So the idea of me leaving early was that I could go home, get this wet shit and bear shit smelling crap out of my car so I could properly clean it, um, take a shower, get dressed, prepped for wild waves, and then hit the road again um, is, is the game plan. So I go to bed at 10 o'clock. I could not fall asleep for a long time. And even when sleep did come, it was so, I was awake, like, on the hour, every hour, the whole, like, and it wasn't because, like, my, my party was being loud, it wasn't because, like, nature freaks me out or anything like that, it's because my sleeping environment was so unusual to what I, as a human being, am used to, it just create. I, I could not really sleep. I am not accustomed to sleeping with like a fucking thin sheet of foam beneath me. I'm not accustomed to sleeping in a sleeping bag. I've never slept in a tent before. It was all new to me. And as a result, I was just like, I have, I'm, I don't know. This is weird. Um, I would say the overall, the entire experience of camping was enjoyable. Um, there were just many things I need to do for the next time in order to make sure that when I get into that tent, I'm actually fucking comfortable. Um, and I think that will require many more materials to support my sleeping ass. Um, some people brought like actual pillows and I was like, oh, that's fucking smart. Cause my, my inflated pillow was, um, actually not that bad. Like it was, uh, it was firm and, um, definitely kind of squishy and you know supported my head my like my neck is all right my back is just fucking just done it's just no support i found like i sound like such a like a mm, yes i need i need my flexible mattress with the frame and all these special things in order for me to be at prime comfort in order to um, ensure my longevity and my back is good and all that shit but it's true god damn it i wanted all those things um, but yeah, and then I woke up, fuck, I think I actually woke up at like three, um, and my original time of, um, leaving was like 4.30, but I'm like, I'm not gonna just fucking get like 20 more minutes of sleep, so I was just like balls to it, and so I wake up, I also had to pee, that was the thing, that's what really kicked me off leaving when I did, because I was like, I'm gonna have to put shoes on to get out of this tent to go to the bathroom. And if I'm putting shoes on, 
I may as well get dressed. And if I may as well get dressed to go out and pee, I may as well just fucking leave. And that's what I did. And I got dressed quick as you, quick as you please because I had to pee. And I get outside the tent, find the uh, find a good bit of forest, you know, do my do, and then um, fucking deal with the uh, the old camping materials, of which there were, you know, it's the tent and all that stuff. And tore that stuff down, threw it in the back of my car, and here we are. We're on the road. I'm on the Washington 20, I guess. Um, a lot of twists and turns. Uh, a couple of the cars out on the road tonight. Or this morning, rather. However the case may be. It is very dark. I am in perpetual fear that I'm going to hit like a fucking deer or some shit. I don't know. I mean, I have seen a deer on this journey so far. Um, but I have not, knock on wood, hit any animals. Um, yeah. And as soon as I get to the large town of Burlington, I basically hang a left down the I-5 corridor, which will hopefully be slightly better illuminated than, um, than this stuff way out here in the uh, mountains. That would be nice. And then I'll go home and take care of all the things I need to take care of. Smelly ass shoes, soaking wet pants, not a properly folded tent. I folded like everything else properly that it goes back in the original bag, but the biggest, most cumbersome thing uh, at the end of that, I was just like, fuck it, just squish it in there so I can get it to the car. That was my game plan. So when I get home, I need to take the tent back out and um, rinse it down to make sure there's no like dumb shit, let it dry, and then uh, properly fold it. Um, fold it back up. And I need a can of Febreze or something for the inside of this fucking car, let me tell you. This is closed. Okay, I was about to be like, is any place open right now? It's 4 a.m. So that was the that was the whitewater rafting adventure and my first time camping. I would say both are definitely worth doing, even if camping for, for me is a bit unusual. And I, I'd be lying if I said the second the sun went down, I was, you know, you're you have a thin sheet of plastic protecting you from the world. And it is um unnerving. And definitely like in my in my opinion falling asleep in a tent in the middle of the woods with no lights or nothing around you is a far more frightening experience than going white water rafting 100% because like you can't do anything to protect yourself when you're asleep i fell asleep with my fucking flashlight like a millimeter from my right hand i'm like if some if i hear some noise i'm going to illuminate the fucking hell out of this shit I'm not, I'm not going to get shredded apart by a bear without at least looking it in the eye, you know, but that was the adventure and the adventure continues. I've got many miles to travel. I've got many things to do. And in about six and a half hours, I will be at an amusement park. Um, I'm also thinking like if I get home relatively quickly, like if I get home before 6 a.m., I may take a quick power nap because I am fucking exhausted. So that is the game plan. Turn off your high beams, you cocksucking motherfucker. Thank you. Uh, anyway, yeah, that will be uh, that'll be it for this segment of the podcast. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast.
So after the whitewater rafting adventure, I took a trip down to Wild Waves Water and Amusement Park down in Federal Way in Washington. I visited this park a couple of times in the past. I think the last time I was there was like sophomore year of high school. So it's been a while. Um, it's been so long, in fact, that most of the rides, at least the water rides, um, that I remember from back then are no longer there now. Like there's, it's it's gone through some some alterations and some changes. Um, like I was looking up videos of rides uh, to try and figure out what I was gonna expect, and most of those videos were horribly out of date. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. So I didn't really know what to expect going back to Wild Waves. I'd never done the water park part of it until this journey. I had only done the dry half of the park, which is pretty decent for a um for one of a, the smaller parks. It's got some fun retro rides, like the Ring of Fire, which I flat out refused to do, which is basically like you're in a, kind of like a coaster car with like a roof that's padded and you just go in a loop constantly, um, which looked nauseating, so I didn't do that. Had an old school Ferris wheel and like an antique uh, carousel. Had a bunch of cool old stuff. And then I had the cool big uh, wooden coaster called Timberhawk. Ride of Prey, which is a fucking great ride name. I actually think the ride name may be better than the ride itself, but to each their own. Had a cool steel coaster called The Wild Thing, which I didn't go on because I'm old and lame. Had, let's see, the Hang Glidey thing, um, where you're like lying down in your stomach and you spin in a circle. That was nice and relaxing. Um, a couple of like pay for attractions, which I think is kind of dumb because it's like you pay to park and you pay to get into the park. And now you want me to pay to ride the rides within the park? This is dumb. So, didn't do any of those. And we hit the uh, the water park. Oh, uh, we got some food in between, which was, yeah, standard park fare, chicken fingers and fries. Like, that was basically it. And it was good hot and bad cold. So, that's kind of what one would expect. The water park side of it was pretty good, actually. The Lazy River is pretty fun. Had some good, fun, like, waterfall elements. It was packed with people though but since you're like continuously moving and you've got the the tube itself to act as like a cushion between you and other people it's not that bad the slides were pretty good went on a, a couple of the tube slides really much very much enjoyed that and then I had this very interesting uh thing that was called the activity pool which had like a nine foot jump off of a of a cliff into like really deep water had some slides that would like spit you out um, eight feet above the surface of the water and then you'd splash down. I did one of those. Um, had my sinuses cleared completely out with water. My sunglasses got knocked off and I had to open my eyes like underwater and dive to go get them. Uh, fairly low chlorine levels in the pools though. You could actually see um, decently well. Um, so I was able to get my sunglasses back and swim uh, to shore there. And that was a lot of fun. There were a couple of rides, like two of the more interesting ones, like the Raging River Ride. Uh, was closed that day and I'm like damn that looks cool it's like a tube like downhill through some like glaciers under waterfalls kind of like a whitewater rapids ride but you're like in an inner tube and I'm like that looks really cool because uh, it looks kind of dangerous and that's what makes it look cool but couldn't do that um gosh what else I think that's about it really did the wave pool a little bit the water wasn't all that cold so that was nice a lot of people there a lot of people there, more than I was expecting, but definitely less than like Disney. Like I don't think we waited more than ten minutes for any one ride. 
uh, pretty quick on and off. But the downside of going to a park like this, having been so utterly familiar with Disney parks, and just it just reminds you why Disney's king. It may be because of the fact that they own virtually every worthwhile entertainment franchise and all that stuff, but it's really the attention to detail that sets Disney parts. It's, it's those little things like their trash cans being clean and the food being really good. And like the communication with Disney parks is very transparent. You know where everything is, you know how long the wait times are, you know what ride to expect. Like the lazy river was listed as a moderate level attraction, a lazy river. You're in an inner tube and you go in a circle. The slide that was basically vertical that spits you out eight feet in the air and you slam into the water that's ice cold was also labeled as a moderate attraction. That's not, that's the, that's a bad rating system. You've got the, like the chillest ride in the park and the most like intense ride in the park and they're both leveled at moderate. So I don't know what like a, a high intensity ride is in their marking system, but Jesus Christ. Their, their fucking water rides are... Those are two different sides of the coin, and they cannot both be moderate-level attractions. Because um, one is a lot more intense than the other. But it was it's a good park. It's a good park. It seems unfair to compare it to Disney, so I won't. I will compare it to... Uh, I had two amusement parks that were both on a smaller side back where I lived in Connecticut. It was Quasi Amusement Park. And I would say it's on a par with Quasi... Um, cause Quasi also had some pretty good water rides and has grown a lot in recent years. Um, and Lake Compounds would be the other one, which is better than Wild Waves. I would say, I think it's bigger. Um, it's better than Wild Waves and it's, uh, not a part with Six Flags. So it's like Disney's number one, Universal's number two, Six Flag Parks are number three, based on what I've experienced. And then I'd do like Lake Compounds. And then Wild Waves and Quasi are like equal at the bottom of like amusement parks I've been to. Got one more, one brand new park I'm going to visit this year called Eifteling, um, which is in uh, the Netherlands when I go in a couple of weeks. So we will see where that falls on the list. Um, I'm predicting it to be up in that Universal Studios Disney realm, but it's probably going to be more on akin with Six Flags, um, if I had to say. But it's got a lot of like theming dark rides which I've, I've not seen many of those outside of Disney, so I'm very interested to see what the Dutch can do when it comes to cool-ass theming rides like that. And some of the videos I've seen with rides of on in this park have technology that I haven't even seen in a Disney park. So I'm like, okay, all right, you've got some new shit that not even Disney's got. Let's see how this goes. So I'm very excited about that. But Wild Waves was a lot of fun. And let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Another week, another batch of Harry Potter chapters. We have chapter 28, The Missing Mirror, chapter 29, The Lost Diadem, and chapter 30, The Sacking of Severus Snape. Some good ass alliteration there. I'm not going to give you a highlight this week, and here's why. Chapter 29, in particular, is finally when yours truly makes his triumphant entrance into the canon of the Harry Potter books. That's right, kick that ginger shit right out to the curb, and I fucking put myself right in the middle of the story. Because as I say in chapter 29, somebody has to knock some sense into these fucking kids. These three chapters will go up tomorrow night. Eventually, sometime tomorrow night. Just keep your eyes peeled. And uh, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast.
the week of like me delivering weirdly not great news because while I was talking, I was talking shit about this company like yesterday. And out of curiosity, I decided to look it up. And it looks like Loot Crate is on its last legs. Turns out the company has filed for bankruptcy. And I guess when you mail people boxes of shit for three years and it's not very good, people will stop buying it. I think Loot Crate fell into a, a trap that um, has plagued, I think, a couple of companies in the past. Rather than doubling down and making high-quality products that people actually wanted... What they did is they diversified like a bunch of motherfuckers and came out with about 50 different themed loot crates that you could subscribe to. Naturally, their creative abilities were then diluted across these crates and they inevitably made a product that was inferior. The public figured it out and here we are. Last time this happened to a company that I'm aware of, it happened to Telltale. Rather than updating their engine, and getting some good goddamn writers where your choices mattered, what they did is they crapped out as many games as they fucking could to try to stave off the inevitable. And that didn't work out either, because once again, people caught on and stopped buying their crappy games. And then Telltale went the way of the Dodo, and Loot Crate is sure to follow. Loot Crate is by no means the only subscription-based service out there. However, it was the first that I'm aware of, and arguably the biggest, Everybody knew what Loot Crate was. Hell, I've gotten a couple of Loot Crates. I still have several items from these Loot Crates. But I will be the first to admit that most of the time, it was one good item and then a box of crap after that. It was almost never worth the money. So, that begs the question, what are they going to do with all of their shit that they still have in the warehouses? Well, if you were to go to LootCrate.com, or Loot Vault, rather, which allows you to buy individual items, most of that shit's on sale right now. Because they're trying to get the fuck out of there. I just took a cursory glance to see if there's anything actually worth owning. And the answer is no. Usually it's shit like pins and shitty socks. Like, it's it's just not very good. It's it's a bit of a bummer because Loot Crate's been around a long time. I've gotten Loot Crates. They've been at, like, PAX when I visited. You know, people unbox these fucking things all over the place. People got sponsored by Loot Crate. Like, it's... It's a, it's a, not an insignificant company to fail. And it's, it's a little sad, um, I will say. As somebody who loves the mystery of things, like I'll go to a shitty gift shop on like a roadside attraction. And it could be like mystery bag item, $5. It could be anything. And there's always a little part of me that goes, ooh. It's the same reason I don't gamble because you could always be the winner when you gamble. And it's, you're almost never a winner. And so it's just smarter to save your money. Um, and I guess you could argue Loot Crate kind of was... Like, you you know what the theme was. And you knew what subjects were involved. But you never really knew what you were going to get. And so you were always kind of gambling with the money that you were going to get something worthwhile. Sometimes you were they lucked out. I still have the, the D&D uh, Demogorgon minifigure that came in like a Loot Crate DX box. Like the deluxe one. I still have that. It's a wonderful mini. It's fucking huge and terrifying. And it's got sharp pointy things on it. And they hurt. I think I've got a pair of Harry Potter socks. I might have an alien figure in um in my uh, my closet that from a Loot Crate. Uh, I have an original He-Man pencil sketch from Loot Crate of fucking Orko. I love that shit. That's really cool to me. 
Um, so occasionally it had some good shit, but by and large it was crap. The clothing never really fit right, and it was usually made of a thin material because it's like mass-produced crap, like, you know. So I'm not surprised the company is failing. Um, if, if I was perfectly honest, I probably would have predicted this, you know, if I was really thinking about it, uh, because when you spread your resources out and you try to please everybody rather than like a niche focus, uh, what happens is you get 50 different loot crates and your craps, your stuff is bad. It's not well made. It's not as creative as it was originally. Some of those early loot crates were pretty fucking cool. And it's because back then they had the one product and they really thought about it. You know, the themes meant something. It usually tied into popular culture of the day and the items would be somewhat useful. Or if they weren't useful, they were at least cool. And then all of a sudden it was loot crate dx and loot wear and loot pets and loot anime and loot dx and harry potter and lord of the rings and rick and morty and all these other things the wrestling box and so on and so on and so on like unless their staff grew into the hundreds and i know it was not a small company there was never they were never going to be able to keep up with that most companies succeed because they focus fire you know you go to Five Guys, you're going to get a good goddamn burger. Because guess what Five Guys makes? It makes burgers. That's fucking it. It makes one thing really well. And sometimes that's all you need. You know? REI makes sporting goods. Boeing makes planes. Boeing doesn't make planes and trains and coasters and socks and cars and guppy food and pogs. It makes planes. Does the one thing. That's it. Okay? Not everybody can be Microsoft, right? That makes a bunch of fucking things. It was it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna work. It's just not how not how things are. So it is sad that loot crate is is going away. Um I thought about getting like one final loot crate, but because the company is like on such thin ice financially, there's no real guarantee, at least none that I would be willing to place my money on, that you'll actually get what you pay for. So if you have an outstanding loot crate subscription, uh, I'd probably I'd can I'd just go ahead and cancel that because it's probably not going to show up. Um, and if you were thinking about getting something from Loot Crate in its dying days, just be warned that um, you may never get it. Just you know, as as just kind of a heads up because if the company goes, it's gone, and then that's you you're not getting it. So I'd save your money. And uh, buy something you know you're going to enjoy, like a new video game or a pair of actual good socks or, I don't know, just, you know, troll around on the internet for some cool nerd things. But Loot Crate is, uh, Loot Crate's gone. So let's all raise our glasses to arguably the biggest mystery mailbox order service to ever exist. Loot Crate, you, you have shown other companies how to not do it. And I hope they learn by your failed example. And create a product that is worth owning rather than trying to make a million products that were all variations of crap. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. And finally this week I saw something that just made me laugh very hard and I wanted to share it. Full credit to uh, the AV Club for this particular article. And as far as I can tell... It's a real item. Let me just check real quick. 
just to make sure I'm not getting pranked. Looks like a real item to me. All right. So the title of the article is this floating tent offers you a cool new way to die while camping. <laughs> oh man. I'm not going to read a whole cloth, but essentially what it is, is there's this item called the shoal tent where it is an inflatable tent. And the idea of it is that you float on a river while tenting when you go to bed. And there is, um, there's a sentence down here. Let's see. Yes, at long last, you can now live out your dream of falling asleep while you lazily drift down a river, hit a sharp submerged stake, and awake in total darkness as cool, refreshing water rushes into your tent and a high-quality nylon body bag slowly entombs you and pulls you down to where the rescue divers will recover your waterlogged, fish-eaten corpse. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, um, it's... It's pretty... <laughs> a couple other people. It's DoorDash for bears. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I'm sitting here going, like, if you had, like, an anchor, you'd probably be fine. Or, hell, if you went camping on, like, a lake or a pond, you know, like a closed-off bit of water, you're probably going to be fine. But it is highly amusing that you could just get in your tent and just float down river, and then you're never just you're never heard from again because you're a fucking idiot who spent fifteen hundred dollars on a tent and then thought it'd be a good idea to let the current carry you away. Um, don't, 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 don't camp on land or get an anchor because the inflatable tent does actually sound kind of fun. Camp in a lake, camp in a pond, get an anchor. Don't let tie the tent to a tree and then sleep on the river that's probably not great either just stay on land or better yet don't go camping stay in a hotel anyway thanks for listening to well i i recorded this before i went camping so you know don't i don't know camping could have been fun who can say but you can bet your goddamn ass that didn't do it in a floating river tent Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Going Outcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. New chapters of Harry Potter land tomorrow night. And I'll see you all next week where we'll talk about a bunch of other stuff. Have a good one, everyone.